Listeners, and welcome to Fatal Follower Presents the Artist Spotlight Edition. I have been scouring the underworld and I have invoked a fellow uh, horror file and awesome kick ass artist, Jason Lennox. Welcome to Fatal Follower Presents. Hey, Don, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, when you reached out to me and you kind of shared what it is, that you are working on currently with the Satanic Coloring Book Volumes 1 and 2. I immediately checked out um, what it is that you do, and I was astounded at the awesome artwork and the awesome content that you have already put out and are going to be putting out with this particular uh, project. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit about you, Jason, and then I'll let you we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth. So sure. who, who is Jason Lennox? Well, he is the creator of the sci-fi fantasy 80s comic book, Lords of the Cosmos. Um, in February earlier of this year, Lords of the Cosmos number four was successfully funded on Kickstarter. Um, Jason also has um, numerous, uh, you know, in information bits on the Kickstarter site, which is the Satanic Coloring Book Volume 1 and 2 kickstarter.com project. I will be sharing the link for this uh, during the episode's posting. Um, the Satanic Coloring Book Volume 1 and 2 explore the world of Satanism in this two-volume set of coloring books featuring the NSFW rituals and all-ages animals. I'm going to give you a little bit of what's uh, on the website, on the Kickstarter site, and then we'll get into business. All right. So join Hell's Gatekeeper, Jason Lennox, and his band of infamous guest artists. Shout outs to Mama Metal, Randy Faust, Danny Zimba, Violet Asmuth, and Lucifer Storm. I apologize if I murdered your names as they deliver an infernal and erotic collection of satanic ritual imagery. Many of the works were inspired by talented models, including Lady V, Damazonia, Goddess Nix, Mercy West, Rachel Adams, and Kira Grant. Volume one is 44 pages of adults-only coloring for Satanists featuring a forward from unholy icon Lady V. I am so excited to be talking to you, Jason, today. Um, our listeners are rabid Satanists, rabid horror files, rabid, anything bloody, gory, or what have you. Um, you want to take a little bit of time, Jason, to kind of introduce yourself to our boils and ghouls and give them an idea of who you are, Jason, and what got you into horror and uh, just being an artist overall in general. So uh, I was born in the mid-70s, um, and ever since I was a little kid, um, I remember always liking art and I liked drawing and I also liked things that were 
I guess for lack of a better word, Don, like scary and dark. So, uh, you know, I remember watching uh, films like Alien in the early 80s when a neighbor had some kind of HBO uh, Betamax tape of it and things like that. Uh, I remember seeing uh, a really rough copy of uh, Heavy Metal the Movie. Uh, I might have been eight or something like that. Uh, at a friend's house, and if there was if there was a little bit of violence, and if there was a little bit of darkness and scariness, those were the things that appealed to me. So you know, as a kid, uh, you know, I was into drawing things, and I was drawing you know monsters and, and ghouls, and and you know, so so the two things kind of go together. Where where you like to create, right? So obviously, you know, if you're a maker or a creator, you make something, right? So I was a visual artist, and I still am. And then you have your tastes, right? So you know, I mean, someone might be into just drawing landscapes, you know, so their their passion will, will, will lean towards that. Or someone likes to sing uh, church music. So that so they're interested, you know, if there's, they, they sing songs, they, they have that. So I think, you know, your skill of your ability to make something is is guided by what you like. Um, so anyone that, that knows me, and obviously for a show like this, it's hopefully it's a lot of new people. It's saying, OK, so here's a guy that likes to make really cool art and he likes the things that we like. So it's a skill that we like and it's a flavor that we like it in. So, yeah. I mean, in real broad strokes, that's what brings us to 2021 and Jason making a satanic coloring book in real, real broad terms and real broad strokes. That sounds awesome. And I, I want to apologize because while I was talking about volume one, I forgot to mention volume two. Uh, and so we're going to do a couple shout outs really quickly featuring the Satanic Temple co-founder, Lucian Greaves, Black Mass Appeal co-host, Tabitha Slander, Jane Baker, uh, Christy Shen, Randy Faust, Violet Asmuth, and Jason Atomic uh, as they explore Satanism's relationship with animals. Volume two is 32 pages of all ages coloring with a forward by S Simon or Simone. Simone. Uh, Simone Lasher from Black Mass Appeal. Um, I wanted to also give shout outs to those people as well if they stay tuned and listen to this episode or follow us um what i like about what you were talking about to go back to what you were mentioning about marriage marriage a marriage between um your interests and kind of uh, exploring uh, your talents and mm -hmm. kind of incorporating that into uh, your art and your art your artistry um now this is a project that um you know this is just another project in the plethora of things that you have uh, come up with are you um i guess would you like to kind of give a little bit of like a history about your other projects like kind of what those are like and uh, you know i know they're, they're they may be varying degrees of whatever but um just to give our listeners and followers kind of a taste of what other kind of stuff that you put out there so my art is is really compartmentalized where um i do things that uh are radically different with the common denominator being it's me and there are things that, that I'm into. So um, one of the things that I've been working on now for quite a few years is my 1980s science fiction, uh, 80s cartoon and toy inspired uh, book, Lords of the Cosmos, which uh, the real, real quick elevator speech on that is if you liked Masters of the Universe, but what if the editorial team from Warhammer 40K was putting it together? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so, uh, so to me, I I love '80s cartoons. I love '80s toys. I I, I get a you know uh, a small high when I uh, 
I get to see old catalogs from old Sears uh, toy catalog pages. And there's a guy on Twitter called Battle Armor Dad that uh, he feeds my fuel by just posting an endless source of like old toy catalogs from old holiday catalogs for department stores. <laughs> um, so those things were really a big part of uh, my childhood in the 80s. So um, but I also have a weird obsession with minutia and detail, which I've always been kind of a fan from a thousand feet away of Warhammer 40K. I've always viewed that as the heroine of the gaming industry. And I don't want to actually play it, but I enjoy and I appreciate uh, seeing just the massive amount of detail that uh, Games Workshop has put into that. So I've always enjoyed that uh, and just seeing things in passing. So what Lords has always been is my love of those 80s projects, but kind of as put through that Warhammer 40K massive violence slash ultra detailed editorial perspective. So a lot of people know me from that. And then they, they, they've kind of felt that interest in those sorts of things. So people that like Thunder the Barbarian, Silverhawks, Black Star, et cetera, uh, or people that like things, you know, like Warhammer 40K, uh, and Doctor Who and some of those things will kind of say, I, I kind of get that feel because that's me. So some people just know me from that. And, and I have fans that are into that. Um, I've, I've done a little bit of bondage and fetish, uh, fetish art, which has gone into the coloring books, which some people just know me for that. Um, I've also done a bunch of art uh, just based off of book covers. So uh, things like uh, Machiavelli's The Prince, 1984, uh, Animal Farm, uh, Lords of the Fly or Lord of the Flies, things of that nature. Uh, I've done stuff uh, in the fashion industry for uh, Off White, uh, which is Virgil Abloh's company, um, which is high-end fashion. So I've had art in runway shows. Some people know me from that. Um, I just wrapped up a project this year for a heavy metal band from uh, Oregon called Dead Animal Assembly Plan. I helped them do some rebranding with their logo, which was a uh, piece of heraldry based off of if a animal slaughterhouse had a coat of arms with like bone saws and things like that and and uh, wolves and, and hooks um so i i've you know it, it depends you know from what where you know me from or what project you might have become familiar with me uh before and even before lords of the cosmos i was doing little anthology books where i was doing short stories and uh, different genres. So I was doing things like Westerns and science fiction uh, and, and like magic fantasy things and stuff like that. So again, uh, the, the Jason uh, shadow keeps getting broader, more diverse and longer as the years roll on where uh, I like to keep variety in my art. And uh, one last thing off the top of my head, I've, I've been doing some HP Lovecraft inspired posters for the last couple of years. So I think I have five of those now. So some people have kind of What's your next Lovecraft piece going to be? So some people are fans of everything I do, but I've found that a lot of uh, my fans are, are fans of a segment because they, they find one thing that I do that I like that, that they like too, which is cool. Not everybody has to like everything that somebody makes, but I enjoy mixing up my creative output. It keeps my brain fresh and it keeps me from getting bored. That's awesome to hear. And I think that's really cool that you've kind of, uh, taken your art and your love of art and your uh, artistry and compartmentalized it and all these unique, interesting um, little uh, pockets because it sounds like you've done quite a bit of a little bit of everything. Is there anything that um, you 
would like to do that you haven't done already or any sort of like properties out there that you would like to kind of um, look at as like influence or just anything that you really haven't gotten into but might want to maybe later? Um, I've always really had an affection for the 2080 books and Judge Dredd. Um, I, I've always liked their flavor. I've liked Judge Dredd, but I, I, I like 2080. I like the black and white books. I like the fact that they're anthologies. Um, you know, it would be awesome to, to at some point, uh, you know, do something with 2000 AD, um, if that's ever possible. And, I, and I've always kind of had a, a thought and, and I, I submitted stuff years ago and nothing ever came of it. But it would always be fun for me to have something in an issue of Heavy Metal Magazine. Um, again, I also I love their anthology format. I've always enjoyed their uh, uh, openness to having adult material, whether it was, you know, nudity or violence in, in comics and, and not just do, you know, more of the same guys in spandex punching each other. Uh, right. You know, discovering those books in the late 80s as a, as a young teenager was very uh, influential and formative um, as a reader and as an artist, because, you know, that book has always pushed boundaries as far as like what is acceptable. Um, so I think those two things, if I had dream projects, would be to do something for one of those two properties. Nice. And now have you um, I guess this is kind of a, uh, an off the cuff question, but um, have you ever kind of started working on something or, or just kind of um, maybe started a project and you just really uh, weren't into it or, or you just couldn't find that inspiration? Because I know I, I write and I do some things that are creative and sometimes when I'm when I'm given something or I, I give myself something to do, um, I have struggled with certain projects and I've had to like put them aside. So do you as an artist ever kind of find yourself uh, with that, with those kinds of scenarios, I guess? So there's two ways that I kind of get creative burnout. Um, sometimes I do commissions for clients um, and sometimes I'm not really into their ideas, but those are usually pretty fixed projects where it's just like one image. Um, yeah. You know, and you do it because you care for the customers and they're, and they're paying gigs. It's just sometimes they're just things you're not really into. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just kind of, hey, suck it up and get it done. Um, you're, right. you're not, you, you, the investment is small. Um but what I have found sometimes in these bigger projects, you know, whether it's the coloring book or, or, or Lords of the Cosmos issue, is that um, there's a big buildup to creating one. Uh, and then uh, there's the production and release. And I often find by the end of one of them, I'm, I'm kind of sick and tired of it. Um, yeah. Because you, you've, you've kind of force fed it to yourself. Uh, you're out marketing it, doing interviews like this, and, and you kind of hit a point when you're when you're done. It's almost like a hot dog eating contest where it's like after you've had, you know, 40 hot dogs, probably the last thing you want to do is say, would you like a hot dog? Um, <laughs> yeah. So so right now I've been, you know, 100 uh, percent in the uh, in the, uh, you know, coloring book zone. Um, and I, ha I I've actually been away from Lords of the Cosmos. And, and I can tell you by February of this year, I was kind of sick of Lords of the Cosmos because it would have been, you know, a big build up to that fourth issue um, and editing and managing. And then even, you know, doing the production and, and mail out uh, over the summer for our backers, which proud to say they were all sent out on time in September. Um, yeah. But I, I'm kind of to the point now I'm starting to get a, a little tired of the coloring book and I'm kind of missing my science fiction characters. So. There, to me, there's kind of a logical uh, switch out where it's like you, you, you do one of these things and it's it's not that they're bad because you do love them, but 
you're kind of like, I, I need a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and again, the marketing cycle, the production cycle and everything else where you, you'll start to miss your other projects. So it's nice to have kind of going back to what I said, having a little bit of compartmentalized space. It is nice to have different rooms that I've built for myself where it's like, hey, take a break and get fresh. Yeah. Do, do you need to go draw some Lovecraft stuff for a month? Go do it. You know what I mean? So I've tried to build in for myself uh, the ability to, to switch out where it's like if you're you know, if I'm feeling a little burned on one, which I would. And, and, and again, not that any of those projects are bad, but you get you go all in for a long time and, you know, you, you kind of get a little tired of it. I do. And it's yeah. shifted up. And then I think when you go back to some of the other things, you can kind of say, wow, I really missed playing with these toys. And now you get to get them back out again, you know? Well, yeah. And to me, I mean, just from my perspective, listening to you say that, it sounds like that's the makings of a great artist is knowing that you get that fatigue because you're so immersed and you're so embedded into your work that um, it can be tiring. And so I can only imagine what that's like seeing that sort of, um immersive um i guess uh surrounding yourself with your artwork and and however much you do that and and kind of tiring of it because you're it sounds like you're such a creative person with other uh areas of art and other uh you know inspirations that you have that you don't want to contain yourself into one little box so i find that fascinating and i really yep. uh, enjoy that uh about talking to other artists specifically like like yourself where you um have projects like this and and hopefully you won't tire of satan too soon uh because this sounds <laughs> like <laughs> hopefully you don't have satan fatigue uh too soon because this is a really cool looking project. Um, when I think of uh, coloring books, I don't immediately think of Satan, um, but now I want to because it's something that I never have thought about or seen out there. Um, to some of the listeners out there that um, you know are curious, um, I guess, what's it like um, coming up with a concept for a coloring book? Like, are you sort of trying to, I guess, how how free are you to just put out there what you want or are you trying to take into consideration what people are looking for i guess in their coloring books so the coloring book uh is a project that was never uh planned out okay uh, it was always uh it was always organic uh, and what had happened is i had a couple small freelance projects uh, that had come together uh, that were uh, from clients that it was make something dark. And, and I, I had had, you know, to, to do some satanic imagery and some images. This is about six years ago. So I just kind of had some projects just kind of developed that uh, I took in that direction. Uh, and they seemed to get some traction and they, they seemed popular. So um, as I had free time, I, I made more. Uh, and then at a point where I had, I don't know, perhaps a dozen uh, we, uh, you know, we, we, I, I had started to get some, some feedback from, uh, friends, uh, and clients, uh, on the line work saying these are really clean. And there was a lot of stained glass in these things that is an obvious coloring book thing where it was like, uh, you know, what, would you color this? And, uh, I was like, well, you know, uh, or would you make a color book? And I was like, no, I have no intention of doing that. Um, but I kept making more uh, satanic themed artwork 
And the more that I made, uh, I started getting more and more feedback from people asking the same question. Are you going to make a coloring book? And, you know, after a while, you start to say, maybe these people know more than me and I should start listening instead of telling them no. So I was at a uh, 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 a drink and draw with the local art community uh, where I was. And, and I was talking to a friend there and he said, what are you up to? And I said, well, I have this coloring book idea, but I don't know where to make coloring books. And he said, well, actually, you know, there's a, a place locally called KB Offset Printing that does a ton of coloring books. And I was like, no way. So I had a meeting with their general manager about two and a half years ago. And I talked about the project in broad terms. And he was like, yeah, we could totally do that. Uh, some of your work probably needs tweaked to make it more coloring book friendly and less detailed. Uh, so you might want to re-ink some of these pieces. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, yeah, when you get it together, bring it to me. And, and, and that was between Lords of the Cosmos 2 and 3. And I kind of looked at my schedule and said, okay, I'm going to do this after issue 4. Um, and when issue 4 wrapped uh, this year, I had a meeting with um, – Danny, who's who's been a great resource for me as a graphic artist and collaborator for years. Uh, and I had a meeting with her and uh, Ray, the general manager at KB, about just how would this work? And everything made sense from the meeting. And I said, then let's get it going. And then one of the things that came out of the aftermath of that meeting is Danny and I looked at all the assembled artwork that I had uh, and realized that uh, there was a lot enough to make one book too big, but we also realized that there was kind of a split in the content where about, about 60% of the work was more uh, adult oriented. And then the other 40% was just little cute animals with satanic symbols that I was kind of doing for fun over the years. And our thought was to, 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 to take it into two books and then fill the extra space with some, some guest artists. So that was kind of where the whole two books came from. Uh, as well as, you know, having nicer uh, real estate for guest artists to join in. Uh, and that has all kind of occurred organically. That was never the plan from day one. So a lot of the stuff for the coloring book just kind of, uh, it, it developed like an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? So as, <laughs> as, as, as we hit different points in the story, we made decisions based off of the data that came out of, you know, different meetings and, and discussions with individuals or, or groups of people. And I think it made sense. I, I don't believe in censorship, but I, but I, I do appreciate having kids, having two kids under 10 uh, of my own. And uh, it actually uh, worked out for me uh, to uh, to have a book that has no adult content. So people, you know, uh, even even the most wicked of, of Satanists have little kids that they probably have content they don't want to show. them. So this way we didn't have to censor anything, but we could offer uh, offer one for each. Oh, that's awesome. And I would go as far as to say they would make awesome stocking stuffers for those upcoming holidays, whichever you celebrate. <laughs> yes. Well, I told, well, I, and I will warn people this, it's not going to be for this Christmas, but for next Christmas, I built a pretty uh, generous timeline for myself into this project, assuming shipping problems, production problems, paper shortages, uh, and, and just, trying to make my life easy. So I put a, a production uh, a production uh, schedule and uh, backers should be getting these by next August, which someone would say, that seems kind of slow. And I'm like, I, that's called me taking it easy on myself. Yeah, I mean, you know, who out there would want a rush project or rush product? Um, and not only that, and that was kind of, you kind of answered my question, but I'll ask it anyways, just so listeners can see kind of what's 
on my mind, but I was going to talk about the paper shortage because it's affecting uh, lots of artists out there, lots of uh, distributors. I, I'm a frequent comic book buyer and um, up to even the biggest distribution uh, companies, Marvel, DC, Image, like all these indie labels, um, Apex, they're all suffering from the paper shortage. And, and there's a lot of ramifications because of that. And so it all trickles down to other people out there, independent artists, independent writers out there. Um, and so that was kind of going to be my question is how is that affecting you uh, with a project like this? Because I know that you put a timeline in, but I know you kind of have to expect some delays with certain things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like this is going to be a great project for next year. And I'm looking at the Kickstarter uh, project page now, and it looks like something that you have on there for covers. And it says with an amazing variety of covers on both volumes of the satanic coloring book, you can get one of your choice or as many as you like as add-ons. Um, now, do you, are you doing the covers too, or is that like your guest artist, or how's that working out? I did all the covers. They're all colored versions of art that I made. So there's a total of seven covers on volume one and six on volume two, and those are all uh, pieces that I made. And then I had colorists color for me. So those are all those are all Jason art. Awesome. Well, they look fantastic, and I can't wait to have our followers and listeners um, check those out. Um, super cool. I'm looking at the Rainbow Baphomet toy version ah, cover, yes, and I can already see that one being a favorite among a lot of our listeners too, as well as the Mercy West Neon Demon one. Um, but check those out at your own discretion. Um, all right. So one thing I wanted to ask too, uh, when you were talking about your, I guess, uh, your team, your collaborations, uh, your collaborating partners, um, it looks like you have quite a few artists and models and everything um, integrated into your work with you. What's it like working with, uh, I guess, fellow artists and creators out there? And how was it connecting with those people? Like, are these people you already knew? Or was this some sort of way that you reached out to them during outreach for your project? So that's a great question. So I really wanted to work with people that weren't traditional collaborators on this. And so some of the people uh, were people that I just was friendly with, and it was a, a fun chance to ask them to, to work with me uh, when I didn't really have uh, an obvious opportunity to before. Um, some of the people I didn't know um, and I just reached out and said, hey, I'd really like you to be in the project. And, and then, you know, do you develop a relationship that way? Um, and, you know, there were some people that I reached out to that said no, which is cool um, for a variety of reasons. They just said, no, this isn't a thing for me, which is fine. Um, some of the models are um, people that have hired me to work for them, um, like La Lady Vi, short for violence, and uh, Tamazonia. Um, I've done work for them and they asked that their work be included in the book because they are uh, fans and they are part of the, the satanic community. Uh, and then some of the models uh, are women that I worked with on other projects um, where I, you know, hired them or collaborated with them uh, on some of the things with the idea that some of these things were, were for freelance projects or, or uh, spec pieces or, or for commissions. Uh, so some of these things all came through, through different uh, avenues. And then, uh, you know, when I worked for Lady Vi, it was for a project for her home. Uh, and I remember I had mentioned to her at the time, hey, if I do a, you know, if I do a coloring book, could I put this in? And she was like, I would love to have, you know, my my art in your coloring book. Um, so, you know, again, assembling a, a, a very diverse group of people like this, um, 
there was never a master plan. They just all kind of came together in their own way. That's it. Sounds like that's a, a a perfect marriage of not only being able to create with others, but having things happen organically. Kind of like you mentioned with uh, other things that you didn't really plan on, but it sort of came to fruition in a way where you were working with others and feeding off of that dark energy, if you will, with creators. And I I love that and appreciate that. Um, it's really good to hear that that your artwork uh, that you're putting out there there is a love for it and it's kind of demonstrated and shown uh, in your artwork. And so I think uh, a lot of our listeners and followers are really going to eat this up. And now for your other projects, um, uh, before I get too far ahead, um, do you have a encompassing website or like some way that we can uh, give listeners and followers an idea of where to buy stuff from you or follow you to get uh, info on that kind of stuff? So uh, we'll start with Etsy because Etsy has kind of been a pretty good general hub for me for years to sell final products. So uh, I'm just uh, Lennox Art Emporium on Etsy, and that's Lennox with one N. Uh, my website is more of a treasure trove of original artwork that I've been maintaining now for like 10 plus years. So there are, I think, seven or 800 posts on my website. It's like a, it's like a gigantic journal slash blog. So that's just jasonlennox.com. Um, there is a reference for a store on that page. I used to have a store on the web, on the website, but I just kind of shifted it all to Etsy. Um, so, uh, the website is again, more of a gigantic archive at this point, which is cool because, you know, there's a place for that too. And then the social media uh, that I use uh, is Instagram and Twitter is just at Lennox Artist. And then my Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Jason Lennox Illustrator. Uh, the social media uh, I, you know, I kind of use to be uh, their more active marketing of what I'm working on or what I'm doing with events. Whereas the website is kind of a general, you know, bio, calendar, archive, and then Etsy's more of a store. So each one of those things does something a little different. Awesome. And I'll be sure to share all of those links below in this episode's posting as well. Um, before we sort of close out the show um, and leave um, our listeners with uh, all these nice bloody tidbits of information about uh, yourself, um, this is a campaign that I believe is ending soon. Is that right? Your Kickstarter page is ending soon for this project? Yeah, it's going to end this Sunday, uh, November 7th at 9.30 p.m. All right, so um, we're going to have this episode out as a bonus for this week, so you'll be able to uh, get information to um, uh, support it uh, if you can uh, and share away with all of your listeners and followers as well uh, for that Sunday deadline. Um, one thing I like to ask uh, people that I bring on to my show, and this is just really just to have people um, kind of uh, step away from their projects or artwork and give a little bit about themselves. Uh, but when you're not, you know, doing artwork and you're not working and doing all of this kind of uh, uh, sort of creativity, uh, what do you do to unwind? Like, do you, are you a horror fan? Like, do you watch horror movies? Do you read? What kind of uh, things are you into? Just to give us a little idea about who is Jason? Uh, you know, I, if I'm just zoning and watching things, uh, I like to watch horror films and I like to watch anime and I've been doing both of those things for forever. 
Um, so, I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, the, the most recent horror film that I watched was uh, VHS 94 on Shudder, which I have a ton of opinions on. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I loved it and, and I hated it in equal parts because I think that was a really uneven movie. Um, yeah. So, I, again, I have, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on that, but I really enjoyed watching it. I enjoy horror films. They're always fun. And uh, my older son, who's nine, uh, he and I are, are busy getting into the world of My Hero Academia. So he Ooh. Covers, yes, and that's we, out in theaters right now, I believe, isn't it? Well, we, you know, I know there's a movie out right now, but he and I just bought the Blu-ray to season one. Uh, and we've been trying to get through that, watching an episode or two every day for the last week and change. So we're we're about two thirds of the way through season one. So we're going to avoid the movie until we've caught, got caught up. But uh, I enjoy watching anime with my older son. He's getting more into it now. So he and I are enjoying selecting series and watching them together. So he scolds me, don't watch it without me, Dad. You know, so I always enjoy anime. I have a huge stack of anime that I haven't watched yet. You know, that's the thing. The older you get, you have more money to buy cool toys, but you don't have much time. But uh, the the other anime that I've been watching recently, I just uh, finished watching the blu-ray re-release of megazone 23 from uh, Amigo, who does really good uh re-releases on kickstarter of a lot of these classic uh, anime titles from the 80s and early 90s so you know i, I like to kick it and just yeah i like to watch anime and i like to watch horror films uh i like to read comics too i read a lot of manga uh so i've been slowly pecking away recently uh at uh attack on titan i think i'm on volume 26 or 25 at this point uh, and then I always like to have a book uh, that I'm reading in the background, which uh, right now uh, I don't have one that I'm, I'm reading at the very moment. Uh, the last book that uh, I, I wrapped up reading was a book called Gamora, which is a book about organized crime in, in Italy that's uh, really thoughtful and well done from about 15 years ago. So those nice. are the things that I like to do to kick it when I'm, I got free time. That sounds awesome. Very cool. And um, are you? Are, do you also collect uh, stuff as well, like uh, memorabilia, movies, books, all that stuff as well? Well, of course. Uh, my most yeah. recent uh, splurge was uh, I bought the one sixth. I think it's one sixth. I could be wrong on the scale, but it is the uh, Akira motorcycle from the movie. Oh wow! Akira, the red bike. Uh, Bandai just re-released a ten-year-old uh, toy version of that that is is big. It has sound effects. You can plug it into an audio system. Uh, you can disassemble the bike with magnets, um, and it is it is amazing. Um, and then they just came out with a, a Kaneda figure that's to scale for the bike that I just got to. So. I don't get too many things, but I like to splurge on some of these like higher end collectibles that uh, are things that I like. I, earlier in the year, I got some They Live action figures from uh, NECA. NECA. Yep. Um, so I, I enjoy kind of obscure, weird things like that. Well, we love that and we celebrate that here at Fatal Follower Presents. Um, it's been really fun talking to you, Jason, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, how this project turns out for you and also uh, anything upcoming for you. And I'm really glad to share this with all of our uh, rabid little ghouls that follow us here at Fatal Follower Presents. Um, we're going to close the show out. Um, and anything that you have um, questions for me, you can always reach out to me at FatalFollowerPresents at Gmail. Um, you can reach me at my website at FatalFollower on Horror Amino. Um, also, FatalFollowerPresents on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I'm uh, super stoked to have you all uh, join us for some upcoming uh, 
interviews and episodes later in this month. Uh, it is all about Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and appreciating everything that you have or might want out there in the horror spectrum. So thanks again, Jason, for coming along. We would love to have you back on in the future. I've done. I'd love to be back. I really appreciate it. And one last thing. Uh, there yeah. is there is an active stretch goal for the books. Uh, at $16,000, we are going to have a backers vote on a new page of art for the animals book where they get to vote between spider, fox, owl, and ferret. Ooh. So $16,000, we unlock it. And I just checked. I think we're a hair under $15,000 right now. So we, we are going to shoot for this weekend to hit that last stretch goal of 16000 So for the fatal followers, that's uh, that's a goal we should all try to hit together. Yes, I hope so. And, and it's so close and I want you to reach that. So uh, anyone that is interested in that, um, like I said, I'll have the information in this episode's posting. Um, I will be releasing that uh, on uh, Friday, which is actually tomorrow morning. So you will have a couple days uh, to get in those and back this project. Um, it's super cool. And uh, I'm so excited for you to, to explore the whole world of the Satanic Coloring Book, Volumes 1 and 2. Um, all right. Well, listeners, stay safe, be well, and pull out those coloring uh, crayons, dust off your markers, and get ready for the Satanic Coloring Book. Bye-bye.